to throw in Josh Kinney. Quickly in, cutting to the basket. Kenrich Williams has tied it. Yeah, NBA Australia, how are you going? How are you going? It is NBA Australia, it is Thursday, February 3rd, all day, and I'm your host, James Clements, hanging out, you know, in Larry Armour Studios, giving you the lowdown, all the ins and outs of the NBA season, while repping Australia a bit. Tell you what, there's a little bit going on today. Upset Thursday, crazy shenanigans around the NBA. Uh, we've got all the players of the month, the coaches of the month, the rookies of the month, and Josh Giddy makes it three on the trot. And we've got the sort of last uh, little bit I wanted to talk about, that ESPN article about Ben Simmons as well. Uh, we've got all nine of today's games in the NBA Australia game reps. We've got a juicy slap, but that's not a knife. Oh, mate, no, mate. Spot of the night, better than Alonzo Ball. There's some yeah, nahs. There's the unpopular opinion of the day, and there's our back takeouts. Where we're serving up flame girl takes. There's Australian player watch. We had a few of the Aussies in action. And we've got Kiwi Corner. We'll see how uh, big Stephen Adams is going. And we've got the uh, game previews and picks for tomorrow, which will be bloody good. Uh, we might throw in a cooking with Bainesy on the end because I've got to run off and go get the squid. So, <laughs> Got to cut it short, Jimmy. Right. Either way, this is episode 750. Isn't that nice? Love a nice round number of NBA Australia. Let's bloody well go. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Well, the upset attack, as I mentioned. Jeez. Today was a mess. (laughs) It really was. Let's start today's show, though, the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the daily... Whip around. That's right. The Boomers squad was announced yesterday. Uh, I did want to mention on yesterday's show, I sort of just ran out of time at the start. So uh, this is our Boomers squad going into the World Cup qualifiers uh, over in Asia. So we've got Angus Brandt, uh, Bol Dengadit, and uh, Akolda Gak. We've got Jalen Galloway, Sean McDonald, McCork Malok, uh, Nick Marshall, Craig Moller, Alex Madronia, uh Emmett Yena, David Okawera, Cyrus Proctor, Zach Triplett, Reese Vague, what? No, 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 man. Harry Vessels and Kyle Zunich. And of course, leading the charge, my best mate, Nick Kay. Love it. Love it. Uh, basically, this is a uh, bunch of the young dudes who are involved in the NBL and a bunch of the Aussies who are already in either Asia or kind of at least pretty close. You've got a couple of the Center of Excellence dudes. You'll have to see that. Tyrese Proctor from the NBA uh, Academy. That's awesome. But, yeah, it's a good, nice little mix of some of the young dudes, some of the older heads, uh, some of the blokes already over in Asia. Kind of like it. So I'll be tuning in for that. Of course. That'll be fun on the bun. Uh, because, I mean, well, we've got Chinese Taipei, we've got Japan, a couple of games. So uh, get this World Cup up and right, up and uh, up and fired up. I can't, we can't wait to win gold in the World Cup. It's going to be awesome. Right. Remember, the World Cup's like 2023, I think, the next one. That should be bloody good. And then we've got uh, Paris 2024. So, off we go. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the actual NBA news. Brad Beal. So, the Wizards win today against the Sixers. But, with the Wiz sort of just being a bit shit, Brad Beal apparently, it's sort of floating around that he's okay. Maybe. Sources close to Brad Beal say that he's not rejecting out of hand the notion of a trade. I love that phrasing. I'm not rejecting out of hand the notion of a trade to somewhere else. Oh, so you're not saying you're good with it? No, I'm just not rejecting it out of hand. <laughs> That's great. Even though his preference is to remain with the Wizards, a.k.a. I know that they're the dudes who can pay me the very most amount of money. So I'd like to be traded after I get that bag. <laughs> good on you, Brad. Speaking of trade news, Harrison Barnes. Sort of floating out there that the Utah Yaz are going to go all out for Harrison Barnes over there on the Sacramento Kings. Jingles and Royce O'Neal, part of the package, floating out there. Interesting to see. Harrison Barnes does sort of uh, give them 
that bigger, athletic, weirder kind of wing that Royce, look, to be honest, I love Royce O'Neal. He's not quite that good. And Jingles is already out for the rest of the year. So we'll see what else they can pull off. Uh, but that wouldn't be a bad fit, would it? Harrison Barnes on the Yaz. We'll see what happens. Bill Fitch passed away, which is a bit sad. Uh, that's the Hall of Famer. Coach of the year a couple of times. Champion. Coached uh, the Celtics at uh, the 81 title. Uh, so a bit of a sad one. He's 89. So a bit of a legendary coach, though. I mean, coached, coached up Phil Jackson. Had a hell of a career. I'll tell you that much, did uh, Bill Fitch. So anyway, but the I always sort of, uh, when this sort of Hall of Famers pass away, you do have that sort of moment where you're like, ah. Oh. So he was like big on film scouting from the sort of the get-go and uh, also sort of took the, so the coolest part was I felt like Bill Fitch, when he won with the Celtics, ends up on the, like basically coaching the Rockets as well to the 86 finals against those Celtics, which is crazy to think about. But either way, sad moment. Bill Fitch, amazing coach, a bit of a legend, obviously a Hall of Famer, so tough scenes. Uh, Other news, the NBA Players of the Month were announced. That's right, in the East, you had Joel Embiid, as predicted. No shit. He had 34, 10, and 5 for the month of Jan. And over in the West, pretty obviously, the Joker, Nikola Jokic, 26, 13, and 9, he averaged for a month. That's pretty, pretty, pretty good. We are living in a golden age of big men again. Well, we are living at least in an age where the big man at least has become irrelevant again, which I love because, like, for so long there, it's like, oh, positionless basketball, man. You can say Draymond. Draymond is the center of the future. And it's like, all right, but sometimes it's also really fucking hard to stop a seven foot two bloke who weighs 300 pounds and can shoot from the outside and drive and dribble. <laughs> or like a giant fucking Serbian who's the best big man passer, like literally in the history of the NBA. Even better than Arvita Sabonis. Yeah, so it's pretty nice to have a couple of the big dudes who are kicking ass and taking names. Speaking of kicking ass and taking names, nice segue, Jimmy. Uh, Josh Giddy, Giddy up! Wins his third straight Rookie of the Month. Love this. He averaged 13, 8, and 6. Did our, our man the Mop Top Mumba. Love that. And uh, so out in the East, Kay Cunningham actually won the East Rookie of the Month. He did have a pretty good run there for Detroit uh, in January. Really sort of hit his stride. And you kind of like to see that, right? Because Kay Cunningham was the number one pick. So in terms of like uh, Kay Cunningham win it over uh, Evan Mobley, Scotty Barnes, etc., Kade did average 17, 4, and 5, so it's pretty bloody good, you know? You know? It's all right. Anyway, and of course, the coaches of the month are also announced out in the West. You had Monty Williams because the Suns did go 13 and 1, and JB Bickerstaff for Cleveland. Cleveland! Who went 11 and 4, he won in the East. Isn't that nice? Right! Just sort of a little bit more on the Ben Simmons stuff from yesterday. So if you remember, there was the amazing story about Ben. Oh, hey, man, it's a bit unfair because, like, Ben didn't, like, you know, blame Joel and Bede for the 2019 loss to Toronto. Yeah. That one where he played 45 or 48 minutes in Game 7 was a plus 10. They lost by two. Another sort of addendum to that, that was also on the uh, Kawhi shot where Simmons sort of gave up the ghost on uh, Kawhi in that corner with the jumper. But anyway, didn't mention that yesterday. Didn't want to rub it in. But the one that obviously got my goat yesterday, I mean, that was just dumb because it's sort of patently false. Embiid was not the difference in that fucking series. It was Kawhi going absolutely ham. And uh, no one, as I said yesterday, covered themselves in glory for the Sixers in that series Simo, least of all. Like, he, his defense was incredible. And don't get me wrong, the dude's an incredible fucking defender, obviously. And Kawhi would have gone even more off if it weren't for Simo. Uh, but they did take the ball out of his hands because he was shitting the bed pretty bad on offense. And then the Raptors very quickly realized, oh, shit, now this guy doesn't want to do anything with the ball in his hand. Uh, and we're just not going to guard him. And that was, like, really sort of the big turning point for Ben Simmons anyway because it put more pressure on Jimmy Butler, more pressure on Tobias Harris, more pressure on Embiid. Uh, with Simo out there sort of just running around holding his dick in his hand going, oh, I'll, I'm important. And, of course, for that series, you know, his uh, averages of 11, 5, and 4, not ideal. Meanwhile, Embiid kicked ass and took names. Wasn't quite up to his entire, like, he shot like 38% or something for the series, but 
it's not Embiid's fault they lost that fucking series, you know what I'm saying? So it was always weird that he said that. And then, of course, the Doc Rivers bit, which was... It's still one of the great moments of, like, not NBA Australia stat history, but just of, like, what the fuck history? Where it's like, oh, yeah, I can't believe Doc didn't come and visit me in the summer. I mean, sure, I didn't answer his texts or answer his phone calls about meeting up. <laughs> but fuck him! He could have come to that gym that he knew that I maybe knew that I was working out at. It was common knowledge. Isn't that fucking weird? Like, just think about that. If Doc showed up, then Ben would probably be fucking bleeding about, oh, then he showed up to pressure me. I was just trying to have a private workout and Doc showed up to pressure me. It's like, yeah, that would be a fairly actually accurate read on the fucking situation if a dude rocked up after he'd text and called you and you didn't answer those, making them very fucking clear to that person that you didn't want to see them and then they rocked up, right? And it felt like Doc was kind of like, eh, I'll give him space if that's what he fucking wants. Anyway, some of that sort of dumb shit just fucking gets my goat. And I want to make just like abundantly fucking clear here. I'm not underplaying his claims and mental health struggles, etc. here and there. I still find it wildly fucky that... The mental health struggles, we still don't, we don't obviously, he doesn't owe it to anybody to explain those, right? That's fine. But then you get articles like this, you get all the other fucking leaks throughout the rest of the year, and you're like, ah, okay, sure. Yeah. Big, big, big struggles. But I think my entire overall read of this is, I think the entire weird fucking situation is indicative pretty much of the entirety of Simmons' career, right? Just the weird, insular, retreat onto yourself, blame everybody else kind of vibe that he's had. Uh, When it's like, I don't feel like he and the, air quotes, team around him, so his team, not the Sixers, like, we're not shitting on him when specifically going, look, hey, shouldn't he shoot more jumpers? What's up with a three-point shot? Ah, whatever, can he shoot jump shots? Why is he not working on adding that to his game? What's happening? And, like, people asking questions about that. I mean, that's recognizing that there's a limit that Ben Simmons is sort of putting on himself, right? And therefore, he's putting on a limit on his production and also on his team with a flat fucking refusal to shoot jump shots, (laughs) which is crazy. And... It's sort of stuff like that where you go, Ben, we're literally just sort of asking. It's like, walk. <laughs> and then he does that sort of weird laugh of like, hey, man, you don't know hoops. It's like, all right. We understand that you do a lot on the basketball court, but at the same time, it is a bit strange that in four or five years of your pro career, there is still absolutely no discernible, uh, I don't know, jump shot <laughs> that you've apparently been working on, working on my game, working on my shot. And it hasn't resulted in anything and it's sort of the same with the Australia situation and Sixers fans now know Australians frustration right because I think it just boils down to the simple idea that we just kind of want him to try and there's no fucking like if you try and fail we're not going to shit on you for it for the most part right we just want you to try like Sixers fan fucking love in Joel Embiid right because he tried he failed a couple of times, he kept coming back, and he kept getting better, and he kept trying to do the best that he fucking can. With Ben just going, oh, I don't want to play for them anymore, they were mean to me. So, like, alright, well, how about you fucking come back and try a little bit, and build up your fucking trade value here, and then you might get a chance to go somewhere else. <laughs> like, it's just fucking weird. And on the subject of trying, Australian fans have kind of just wanted him to suit up for Australia forever, right? Because as soon as he does, that's just him trying to do uh, his best to represent Australia, represent us as Hoops fans, represent himself on a national stage. And at that point, we don't care if you fall short. We just want you to try and have a crack. Like... We've spent fucking years and years and years and years and years of having our heart broken until the boomers finally break through and win the fucking rose gold last year. Like, all we kind of want 
is for Ben to try and have a shot as a boomer. And we're all smart enough to see that a, that's big Simo in a boomer environment, like, it very clearly could at least help his mental state, his the state of his game. And the fact that he's not even bothering to try that just shits on kind of everybody's thoughts and fe- <laughs> thoughts and feelings. Oh, watch out for everybody's thoughts and feelings. But the way we've been raised on like generations upon generations of Aussie basketballers, and for him to not, to not even want to have a crack is just sort of throwing that tradition in our face, right? And that's fine. But then when he's sucking and suddenly pointing fingers, like, it's pretty weird. Just go out and have a fucking crack, mate. Because even if you go back to the start of this, where it's like, oh, I didn't blame Joel for 2019, and then he's so fucking bent out of shape by some pretty fucking benign comments from Embiid and Rivers after that heartbreaking fucking loss. Where... I just don't think that Simmons is taking any of the responsibility of that fucking playoff loss on board and taking some of those criticisms and understanding where they're coming from, which is like, yeah, Ben, if you're not shooting in any fourth fucking quarter, you know what that does? It hamstrings our fucking team. No wonder your team and your coach might be a bit fucking frustrated. And I think... Being part of being a goddamn grown-up is understanding that if you're being criticised, that often there's a reason behind it and any reasonable fucking person probably takes stock of that, has a look at their work, themselves, maybe their relationships, whatever, and tries to figure out what they can do better, right? And the fact that he doesn't want to try to do that just is mind-boggling. Like, to point fingers and blame everybody. Oh, well, I didn't blame Joel. I can't believe Doc didn't come and see me. You told him not to, you fucking... What? So to point fingers, blame everyone else, not be willing to try to fix the situation is probably what annoys me the most, right? Because it's the same with Australia. It's been the same with the Sixers. And you sort of come out of this going, this just kind of makes you look like not just a moron and a baby, but someone who doesn't really want to change. (laughs) It's got to be my way. I want my own team. Based on fucking what? You're not even trying to make this situation better. What makes you think that when you get to the next situation, you're going to try harder to make that situation be uh, explored to the fullest of its abilities, you know? And I mean, I think we've seen throughout his career, like if there's still no jump shot, how is that How is that possible? You were shooting jump shots in college. You were shooting jump shots in preseason. Are you afraid? I just don't get it. Anyway, I just want to see him try. I just want him try to see to f- see him try to fix this situation. But to cry and to point fingers, it just fucking sits wrong, doesn't it? All right, let's take a quick break after that, and then get to the game wraps right after this. This is David Anderson. You're listening to NBA Australia. Ah, oh boy. Let's do some game raps. Fuck, I'm sick of talking about Ben Simmons. Uh, game raps, 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 game raps. Game raps for today. We had nine games. As I said, upset central. Orlando beat the Pacers. Look, the Pacers didn't have anybody. They had sweet baby carrots, nobody else, and they still shit the bed against the Orlando Magic Men. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. 119-118. Orlando won it in Indy. This is, like, the craziest part was, like, this is, like, the start of the uh, kind of... Look, and we all know that India are a bit shit. That's fine. But Orlando are on a back-to-back <laughs> and go on and beat Indy. They lose Isaiah Jackson the first minute, do the paces, and they just got fucking killed. They got straight fucking killed from there. So he got straight killed. Like Carrots had 26-5-5. Tory Craig had 22. They've just got nobody else. Trey Taylor had... Look, he was awesome. 24-16. and 16. Trey Taylor. Chris Duarte. Oh, Duarte! How did he go? Here we go. Yeah, that's right. He went 3 of 11. Good on you, Chris Duarte, I guess. Uh, He had 11 points. Ice Cole Anthony was ice cold today. 2 of 15. He had 15 points. Wendell at 19 and 18. Franz Wagner, hello, at 17. Jalen Suggs is good. He had 12.76. He only shot 6 of 16, but 
he gives you flashes every so often, Suggs. And today was one of those games where they sort of just came roaring into this game and the magic just sort of fucked Indy over. Anyway, Gary Harris went 6 of 11 from 3 as well. He had 22 points. Mm, that's some good trade value. And India now 19 and 34. Gross. And the Wizards. Not the Wizards, sorry. The Magic. Say they're connected because Wizards do magic. <laughs> magic at 12 and 41. The Wizards! Ah, there we go. They beat Philly 106-103. Oh, Philly. Oh, Philly. What are you doing, Sixers? You should be ashamed of yourselves. And this is like one of those things where you go, oh, yeah, no, but they've been really good. Yeah. But when, as the uh, Nets are learning, if you have a max spot on your roster just sitting there doing fucking nothing, you know what would be handier? Having that max spot be players <laughs> that can help you win games. The Wiz had control of this. They're up 12 in the second quarter. The Sixers rest control back in the third quarter. And Bede was pretty good, but he was just a little bit off. All ga- like Unless he was like facing up Gafford and just fucking mashing him. Uh they got back up, but they could just never put the Wiz away. And then sloppy play, some bad shots. The offense grinds to a bit of a slowdown. A Wiz run over the top of them. It was crazy. Kuzma was awesome. He blocked Embiid and recovered the ball on the game-tying play. And they blew a five-point lead with a couple of minutes to go, basically. This is a disaster for the Sixers, this loss. Like, they're losing at home to a team that had just lost six straight, whose team, like whose coach was like, yeah, we're a bit fragile at the moment who were on a back-to-back without their best player and you shit the bed. That is atrocious sixes. Unbelievable. Love a good Tobias Harris game as well. 18 points on 17 shots. Thanks for saving our ass, Tobias. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. Mm. Joel Embiid, 27 and 14 with six assists. He did shoot 11 of 27, however. Not ideal. 22, 8 and 7 for Tyrese Maxey. He was handy. George Niang had 12 points, but that came on 11 shots. And no one else really did much else. I mentioned Tobias Harris with his 18 and 9, but that came on the 17 shots. And this is the thing, like the Sixers, if Embiid isn't actually apparently putting up 30-odd points, they're going to lose. He got 27. Oh, we lost. Fuck. Against the Wiz. Kuzma at 24 and 70 at three blocks. He was awesome. Spencer Dinwiddie. We're going to talk about him later. He woke up 14, 12, and 10. The triple-double. He shot four of 16, did Spencer. <laughs> Spencer. Spencer Dinwiddie with the 4 of 16 shooting, ends up with a triple-dub. 14 for Montrez, 11s each for Rui, Hachimura, and Corey Kispert. KCP went 2 of 10, but look, they just held on. The Wiz had enough. Kuzma was awesome. Philly now 31 and 20, Washington 24 and 27. The Hornets, look, put up a manful battle against the Boston Celtics. Lose 113-107. This is a really fun game. Like Tatum and Brown... Uh, didn't really put him over the top here. It was kind of Marcus Smart. And he'd been waiting for this Marcus Smart to sort of rock up at different points of the season. And uh, here we go. Like, Jalen Brown had like five turnovers in the first half. Schroeder had like a bucket or two. But it was Smart who sort of got them the last bucket sort of towards the end of the half, and off they went. And it looked like the Celtics had this right at the end, but Terry Rose all the way with Terry Rose. He and LaMelo just got it cooking. They tied it up with a minute to go. It was incredible. Like, Jalen Brown, like, it was down to two with, like, less than two minutes left. Brown hit a nice sort of jumper. But, man, Rosé. Uh, but Boston got up with the free throws. Time Lord blocked, like, he blocked the shit out of PJ Hamilton, Washington's three. It was funny. Because PJ's, like, got the ball. He's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to shoot this over Time Lord. He tried to shoot it anyway. Time Lord, Robert Williams just blocked it and just went, thanks for coming. And off they go. Uh, Free throws and Boston win. 16 turnovers for the Hornets. LaMelo ball was unreal. 38-9-6. He shot 12-24. Kept getting to the line. Terry Rousey. Bit of revenge against his old team. He was good too. 23 shot 10 of 22. 3-9 from downtown. PJ Hamilton, Washington with the 16-7. Miles Bridges lost a tooth. Yeesh. Uh, Didn't help his shooting either. 6 points, 2 of 8 shooting. Uh, Kelly Oubre at 15, but he shot 3 of 12, 1 of 7 from downtown. And uh, <laughs> got absolutely fucking stonewalled by Time Lord with one block, which was pretty gnarly. Uh, for the Celtics, 19-6-9 for Jason Tatum. Had some really good moments. Had a great dunk on Ma- uh, Mason Plumley, uh, where it's like he goes any like weaker to the basket. Plumley probably blocks it, but Tatum just sort of crammed it, and Plumley didn't have a chance. 
Didn't shoot it great, though. 6 of 16 and 1 of 7 from downtown. Smart. He was awesome. 22 and 6. Jalen Brown with a 15, 6 and 6. He did have 7 turnovers in the end. The big difference in this one, though, was Josh Richardson. That time, he sort of rocked up. On fire from downtown. He had 23, did Richo. 6 of 8 from downtown. Time Lord had 10 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals, and 3 blocks. Menace! And even Grant Willie. Grant Willie was tracked in 12 points. Hit 3, 6 from 3. One of the great corner 3 shooters. Charlotte dropped to 28 and 24. 28 and 25 are the Boston Celtics. Pulling it together over the last uh, 4 or 5 weeks. Love to see that if you're a Celtics fan. Memphis kicked their shit out of the Knickerbockers. 121-08. It wasn't actually a shit kicking. Uh, but the Knicks... Look, they sort of stuck around. This was a really fun game too, right? The Grizz sort of jumped them. Uh, they stayed in touch all game because their D was all right. Randall was playing pretty well until the fourth quarter. Uh, and then Evan Fournier was out of his mind. Don't Google me. Then in the fourth quarter, it was like a seven-zip run purely from Emmanuel quickly. The Knicks were back down to like a five-point game after the Grizz were just like in control all game. Nine minutes left in the fourth. But every time the Knicks did anything, the Grizz responded down the stretch. It was amazing to watch this. They'd force a turnover, or if the Knicks had hit a three, like Zaire Williams or Bain would hit a three. They'd get a steal. Every deflection would sort of somehow end up back in the hands of the Grizzly and gave him another chance. And it's just sort of that will and that fire and that fight and that underdog just like fuck you-ness of the Grizzlies that sometimes like the basketball gods will just reward in a game like that, right? And that's how they want it. So you'll love to see it. Rough one for the Knicks, but... A couple of nice signs there. Like, MSG get, getting going is always great. Uh, it also just felt like MSG was like, yeah, this is fun as shit. We're watching Jar. Rough shooting off a Jar, but he's still electric. Uh, the ticky tack, uh, the tic-tac-toe sort of uh, back and forth alley-oop was beautiful. Anyway, Fournier ends up with 30. He went 8 of 12 from 3. He was flaming hot. Uh, Julius Randle, 18, 12, and 9. He shot 7 of 18 in the end, though. Looked really good early, and then just, oh, 1 of 6 from downtown. 14 and 11 with 8 blocks. From the other Mitch Robinson. Unbelievable. RJ Barrett, he shot 7 of 17 for his 23 points. One assist, three turnovers. RJ Barrett's the sort of dude that when there's a balance to his game, he's awesome. And when it's like just the sort of scoring game or like a just an assist game, they just, it doesn't have the impact, obviously. Oh, Emmanuel, quickly, what are you doing, mate? What did you do? Oh, he shot. Three of eleven. Ah, oh, you love to see it. Great job, Emmanuel. Quickly, you little ripper. Ah, uh, the Grizzlies. Jar Morant. Rough shooting night for him. Uh, twenty-three points, nine assists. He shot nine of twenty-seven. Yikes. <laughs> oh, of six and three. Uh, twenty-six and ten for Triple J. Jaron Jackson Jr. Though a couple of blocks as well in there. Big play light. Uh, Julius Randle sort of driving to get them back close, and he just wrapped him up. It was awesome. Four of seven from downtown as well for Triple J. 21 for Zaire Williams. Great game from him. 9 of 11 uh, from the floor. 3 of 5 from downtown. Love that. Desmond Bain. 4 of 18 shooting. 4 of 11 from 3. And in the gnarly stat of the night, on the 2nd of February in 2022, that's right, the 2nd, was it the 2-2? 2022. It's a lot of twos. Bain wears number 22. He shot 22%. He also had two assists, two blocks, two steals, and two fouls on this on two two of twenty-two. That's fucking weird. <laughs> Jesus, Desmond Bain, witch confirmed. Uh Knicks now dropped to twenty-four and twenty-eight. That's a tough one. And Memphis at thirty-six and eighteen and rolling. Cleveland, Cleveland. Uh, no Darius Rucker, Judy Garland again in this one. Uh, so I got to switch my pick, which was just as well because Houston beat them one fifteen one oh four. They got up in the second, did the Rockets, after a good start by the Cavs, but Rocks just sort of rocked them. They're in charge. Mobley got an and one, though. It's like two and a bit minutes left. Three-point game. And the Rockets then, out of absolutely fucking nowhere, scored 10 points in like a minute and a half. It was incredible. It's Christian Wood hitting a nice jumper. There's a three in there. There's Kevin Porter Jr. hitting a three. And that brought him home. And Kevin Porter Jr. had a skip and he stepped down the stretch as he's beating his old team. You love to see it. He probably ordered a fucking plate of soup to have on the bench to throw at everybody on Cleveland. Anyway, tough loss of Cleveland. Because, um, look, they needed to steal this one. They didn't. Cleveland! 
Cleveland. They fucked up. Mobley had 29 and 12. Evan Mobley. 29 and 12 with two assists. He shot 12 and 20. He was awesome. 21 and 13 for Kevin Love. 13 for Chetty the Jedi. And Okoro and Allen both had 11s. But uh, they shot 7 to 21 from three as a team. And 17 turnovers killed them. So, yeah. Without Garland at the moment, it's just a bit of a rough one. Rondo is definitely not helping them at the moment either. Rockets, they went 14 to 40 from downtown. That's a bit of a difference when you shoot double the amount of threes in the other team. Not bad. Jalen Green, 21 points. Christian Wood, 21 points. Good stuff from both of them. Both of them three of seven from downtown each. And then Christian Wood, a.k.a. what ScoMo's got for, uh, I don't know, giving long, weird, fucking rambling speeches. Jesus, that was a shocker yesterday. Kevin Porter Jr., 16 and 7 for him, 3 of 5 from downtown. Gary Bird! Garrison Matthews, 16 off the bench. Big win for Houston. I mean, I don't know what they're doing winning games, but they're now 15 and 36. Cleveland! Oh, jeez. Cleveland! 31 21. OKC, Barnburner against Dallas. Dallas, look, talk about upset day. Dallas at home, losing overtime, 114 120 to OKC without their best team. Our best player. So this is the thing. What happens time and time again in these weird upsets? The teams at home, without the other opposition, doesn't have their best player, and boom, they shit the bed. Dallas, a mess. They didn't score for over five minutes in the fourth quarter. Luka hits a three with about three minutes left. It's the first time they'd scored since over eight minutes left in the fourth quarter. It was horrible. OKC sort of ran away with it. But then they got just back within touch because of Luka. And then sniper alert, Reggie Bullock. Uh, hit a three to tie, uh, basically to put them up two. But then Josh Giddy, Giddy up! An amazing inbounds pass to hit Kenny Williams for the uh, amazing sort of layup to tie it back up. We go to overtime, and then Dort just took over. He outscored the Mavericks by himself, fourteen to eleven. They win the game. Unbloody real stuff. OKC. Luca had forty ten and six. He was awesome. He shot 16 of 33, 5 of 13 from 3. It did also feel like he got pretty fucking lazy down the stretch, though. It's like, do you want to go inside the three-point line at any point, Luca? And he did admit after the game, he's like, yeah, look, my defense was also shit. Yeah, it was. Unbelievable. 25 and, uh, 20 points, 5 assists, uh, five rebounds and 4 assists for Jalen Brunson. He went 0-4 from downtown. Reggie, sniper alert, Bullock had 23 off the bench. 5 of 13 from 3. But the problem is, like, nobody else bought a 3 for the Mavs. Dorian Finney-Smith went 1 of 7. Max uh, Kleber, hello. 2 of 6 from downtown. And nothing else. Josh Green. He wasn't bad. 5 points on Greeny. But anyway. Uh, the Thunder. Giddy up. 14, 7, and 10 for Josh Giddy. Dort had 36 and 3. Tree man. Had 29 points. He was unreal. He went 6 of 8 from downtown. Baisley at 13 and 11. Ty Jerome ends up with 11 as well. OKC, that's a big surprise. It's a big upset. They're 16 and 34. Dallas, they've just lost back-to-back games against two of the worst teams in the NBA, Orlando and OKC, and that is why you can never trust the Mavericks. They'll get it going, they'll look good, and they'll kick in the nuts. Utah beat Denver 108-104. No Joker, no Boogie, no Aaron Gordon, no Donnie Mitchell, no Rudy Gobert, no Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, no Hassan Whiteside. Nobody's watching this. <laughs> the Jazz held on. Trenton Forrest was amazing. Jared Butler was bloody good. Uh, Rudy Gay, Mike Conley played really good fourth quarters. The Utah yeah, sort of just sneak out a win. Uh, even Doc Azabuyuka was really good. The Nugs, I mean, Bryn Forbes went off. 26 points, 15-3-3 for Monty Morris. Will the Thrill Barton had 14-9-4, but that was the problem. Like The Nugs are sort of... Other dudes didn't step up, whereas the Jazz kind of did. Like, Conley had 17 points, 5 assists, 4 steals. Trenton Forrest had 18 and 8. Bojan Bogdanovic, Royce O'Neill, and Rudy Gay all had 15s. And Ezebiuke had a really good game, 8 and 10. Uh, as mentioned, Jared Butler had like 10 points. He played his ass off. They snapped their five-game losing streak due to the Jazz there, 31 and 21. Denver dropped to 28 and 23. Brooklyn got their ass kicked by Sacramento. Yep. Kind of half-called it yesterday. I predicted Sacramento would cover, but I thought Brooklyn would eke out a win. They were even worse than that. They just got their ass handed to them. 21-6 run by the Kings across the third and fourth quarters. Just kicked the doors in on this, and Brooklyn just had absolutely no wherewithal to try to fight back into this game. It was just like lazy three after lazy three. Clank, clank, clank. Game over. And that's the thing with Brooklyn. The defense isn't there for them to compete when uh, Kyrie and James Harden are burning the house down on offense. So there's no fallback position. The fallback is hope that we now hit a lot of threes. 
And the way Harden has shot threes this year, that's not going to work. He was horrible. Kyrie wasn't much fucking better. Patty was pretty good in the first half. But then, again, guess what happens when you go away from Patty Mills? You lose the game! Nick Claxton, they wasted his career high, 23-11, with five blocks. Bloodsport, James Johnson was awesome, 18 points, but Irving goes for 14. Harden, he had four points, two of 11. Patty had 14 points as well. They go away from him in the second half. They lose the game. That's what happens. 19-7-4 for Harrison Barnes on 6-9. of nine. Nice shooting. Buddy Hill at 18. Davion Mitchell at 18. Halliburton at 12 points, 11 assists. Didn't shoot a great. 5 of 15, 1 of 6 from downtown, but whatever. Chemezi Metu at 11 and 12. He's been a big part of that Kings team, I'll tell you that much. Uh, either way, Brooklyn now dropped to 29 and 22. Tell you what, wouldn't it be fun if we got a Brooklyn versus Knicks playing game? Do you reckon that'll happen? Will Brooklyn fall that far? Find out tomorrow. <laughs> and Sacramento now up to 19 and 34. So we snap a seven-game losing streak for the Kings. And Brooklyn have now lost six on the trot. They suck without Kevin Durant. I don't know. Do you think this might have something to do with one of your max blokes, one of your so-called leaders of your team, Kyrie Irving, being a selfish fucking prick and being a part-time player? Oh, jeez, maybe. Yeah, there you go. And finally, the Lakers held on against Portland, 99-94. This is a weird game. Lakers smashed them early. Blazers fought back in third, clamped them up. Tied it across the third quarter. Yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. hitting a big three. But then the Lakers sort of slipped ahead in the fourth. Mello was doing work. And then the Blazers, they tied it up. But they couldn't quite, like with CJ McCollum struggling, uh, they couldn't quite get over the hump. A couple of turnovers late. AD seals it all up. Off they go. Big win for the Lakers. They definitely needed that. They also definitely needed Anthony Davis just to fucking, you know, throw elbows at fucking Yusuf Nurkic. And somehow that's just like a normal fucking, ah, oh, incidental contact. That's like a flagrant two for basically anyone who's not on the Lakers. Um, <laughs> Rusty Steele was a bit shit, but um, look, the Blazers just didn't have it. And when they don't have it, bah, boy, howdy, do they not have it. Norm had 30. Nurk had 16 and 13. CJ, though, had 15 points on 17 shots. Penny Simons had 19. That's fine. But well. Lord Robert Covington, what a giant spud he was. Oh, no, Jim, he had nine assists and 13 rebounds and four steals. He also had to went 0 of 8 from the floor for zero points. Thanks for coming, Robert. Yeesh! And Benny McLemore, 1 of 9 from downtown. Oh, 1 of 9 overall, rather, 0 of 5 from downtown. In 17 minutes. Thrift shop, what are you doing, mate? For the Lakers... Anthony Davis, 30 points, 15 rebounds. He was bloody good. 10 of 18 from the floor. Rusty has uh, a 9, 10, and 13 game. Carmelo Anthony had 24 and 8. He was awesome. 5 of 6 from downtown for Melo. 8 of 12 from the floor in total. I mean, 10 and 7 for Dwight. Malik Monk ends up with 7 points. Avery Bradley chucked in 11. But, yeah, this was all Anthony Davis and Melo actually getting cooking. So you love to see that. Portland now dropped to 21 and 31. The Lakers, 25 and 27. Let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. That's a knife, Kyle Kuzma. What? Yeah, Kuz. Look, the Wiz winning that game against Philly, they had no business winning it. Kuzma goes for 24 and 7. Three blocks, including the game saving block. It basically forces uh, Joel Embiid to miss and sort of throw it off like the bottom of the uh, backboard and then ties it up, keeps it in bounds, and they keep the game. Well, they keep the ball and keep the game. It was awesome. He goes 11 of 20. Ah, sorry. He goes 4 of 6 from downtown, 10 of 19 from the Florida's Kuzma. They win that game. He was awesome. And also, I mentioned LaMelo. What a bloody game he played against the Celtics. The problem was he couldn't get it really cooking right at the end. 38, 9, and 6. What a game from him. Shot the shit out of it too. 12 of 24, 4 of 10 from downtown, 10 of 13 of the line. But probably my favorite was Dort. That's right, we need more Dort number plates. So Luca's dropping a 40.6 rebound, 10 assist game. Dort goes, fuck ya. Yeah. 9 of 17 from the floor, 6 of 10 from downtown. 30 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists, and outscores the Mavs by himself 14-11 to 11 in overtime. And they win the game without SGA. Giddy's out there doing pretty bloody good stuff. They needed Dort to step up, and they 
got it. It was amazing. Dort, you absolute legend. 30 points, 14 points in overtime. Unreal. You'd love to see it. So Lamello, Kuzma, and Dort. Out of nowhere, the AD game was pretty bloody good too. 30, 15, and three blocks. Uh, but Dort, what a fucking step up that was. Talk about a knife. It's like, oh, you got it to, over te- oh, to overtime. That's cute. I believe this knife is the one that you're looking for because this is a fucking knife. Spud of the night, however. Spud, 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 it is spud of the night. Spud of the night, 2 of 15 for Ice Cole. Anthony, he was ice cold tonight, ends up with 15 points. Uh, Alec Burks, 0 of 3 in 13 minutes. Yeesh for the Knicks. Same for Kemba Walker, 17 minutes, 0 of 4 from the floor. Zero of two from downtown. Thanks for coming, Kemba. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, I mentioned that one of seven, but uh, there was also the classic one for the Trailblazers, obviously. I just mentioned them. Ben Thrifshoff, McLemore himself, 17 minutes, one of nine from the floor, two points. He goes 0 of five from downtown. Unbelievable. Two rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, two fouls. Thanks for coming, Thrifshoff. And Lord Robert Covington, 0 of eight. 0 of eight from the floor. 0 of six from downtown. 36 minutes of just offensive ineptitude. Just brutal scenes there for the Blazers. In a game that, look, they need to win as many as they can to stay in that fucking play-in spot. And that's not helping. But of course, James Harden. 2 of 11 today. 0 of 5 from downtown. The worst part I thought about this game was just how disinterested he he seemed in the entire thing. Uh, Zero free throws. This is from a dude that, what, two seasons ago, he was leading the NBA... uh, in scoring, the year before he was averaging 34 points a game, the year after that, 30. He's going to the line 11, 12 times a game. Zero free throw attempts today. And then after the game, he's like, look, man, we've done all the talking we need to do. I think you should probably have a sit down and a big fucking chat, James. I'm just saying, that was horrible. Who's old mate, no mates, though? Old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Cam Reddish. I enjoyed watching that Knicks game and just going, oh, yeah, it's good to see Tibbs. Ah, yeah, not trusting young guys and keeping him uh, nailed to the bench. (laughs) Just some definite old mate, no mates vibes with Cam Reddish in New York. You hate it. The weird part as well, so um, in terms of like the Nets, just old mate, no mates, it feels like none of them are mates as well, right? Like Blake Griffin and Patty Mills, maybe. Maybe Bloodsport James Johnson. The rest of them look like they're all fucking strangers, and this is the thing that's about Kyrie. Talk about old mate, no mates. He's out there just going, oh, yeah, now this is my team. And everyone's like, who the fuck are you? Oh, right, the guy who plays while we're on the road. Sure. It's fucking strange, and it's not going to get any less strange, uh, especially when KD comes back, you know, hopefully in a month's time. Uh, but, jeez, Kyrie's not doing his team any favors at the moment, and James Harden's also not doing them any favors by playing like a giant fucking spud. Pantsing of the night. I mean, this goes to everybody. Cleveland, Dallas, uh, the Sixers, the Knicks, uh, <laughs> Indy, Brooklyn. They all got pants. Like, it was just a day of pantsings. This is like, yeah, it's like muck-up day. It's just everyone's going to get fucking pants at some point. Jeez. It's tough scenes. Uh, so best of luck. I, went, uh, I somehow went six of nine. Nice on the picks today. But, jeez, it was weird. Anyway, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you will get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Great day for the better than Lonzo Balls, though. Lamello, as mentioned, he was incredible. He really, really, really just lit it up and uh, had, what, he's 38 and was instrumental in that game, like keeping the Hornets in it. The nine assists, six rebounds, 12 of 24. He was unreal. Trey Mann, unreal for OKC. Career high 29. Zaire Williams, career high 21 points. He shot nine of 11, three of five from downtown. Awesome game. And Nicky Claxton, as I mentioned, a uh, career day for him. Going for his uh, 23 and 11 for the Nets. And uh, sort of kicks some ass. So great job. Everybody today better than Lonzo Ball. The young fellas stepping up. All right, a uh, couple of yenars right after this. 
This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. And you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some quick air nars. They're brought to you by thedailylicker.com from East Ninth Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, go get around the online bottle. Don't go to the bottle and get the Omicron. Bring the bottle to you. Awesome beers, wines, cocktails, all dropped off at your door, Rona free. And if you're banging the code STRAYER, you'll get a free six-pack of the Dos Blocos XBA. How good is that? So go check out thedailylicker.com right now. It's from the Melbourne metro area. Same day delivery if you order full noon and get a free sixer with the code Strayer. Right, some yeah, nahs. Uh, ben Simmons, is he right about the MB 2019 series stuff? Yeah, nah, no. I just still don't get it. Like, I don't want to hammer home the point, but it was fucking strange when he said it, or at least it was intimated that he was uh, sort of talking about it. Because, as I said, like, if any, we all, like, we remember 2019, <laughs> you know? Like, it wasn't that long ago. And it's just fucking strange because Embiid didn't carry himself with glory against the Raptors, but fucking no one did <laughs> for the Sixers. Embiid averaged like a 17, uh, 9, and 3. He shot 37%. Yeah. He still played 45 fucking minutes in that last game, and he was a plus 10, and he had a 21, 11, and 4, whereas Simo sort of shit the bed. It's like, all right, cool. I'm going to blame that guy? It was so fucking strange. Like, to single out Embiid, who was, like, the only one they could kind of rely on at times, it was just, like, it was very much like, oh, well, I remember we were out once and you got sloppy drunk and kissed Roger before I did. It's like, what? <laughs> what are those vibes? Like, what the fuck even is that? Well, I could have come out and blamed you for 2019, but I didn't. Grow up, Ben. What the fuck? Anyway, uh, next one. Is this the, about the only thing that makes you feel sympathetic to Doc Rivers? Uh, <laughs> yeah, nah. I mean, nah. I mean, I felt sympathetic towards Doc when he was dealing with the Donald Sterling stuff. And his son is Austin Rivers. So, yeah. There's more than a couple of times I've got to feel bad for Doc Rivers, right? Yeah. Uh, Brad Beal. He's got to get out of Washington, right, Jimmy? Yeah, nah. I mean, the problem is you get games like today where they beat the Sixers and you're like, aha! They've figured it out. And you're like, God damn it. They still haven't figured it out. I think the problem is, right, like the Brad Beal corollary is like, what's the upside, the ceiling of this team? Can they win a title? No. Is Brad Beal a number one dude on a championship team? Again, no. Like, is he even a number one dude who can drag you to a top four seed? We've seen time and time again, no. Like, he's got a roster right now surrounded by pretty solid vets, some young dudes as well. And what does that mean? I mean, it means that they're fucking in struggle town time after time and really just sort of scratching and clawing to stay within fucking reach of the goddamn play-in. Like, they're five and a half games out of the six spot at the moment. Who knows what's going to happen with Cleveland and Brooklyn and co. But still, I mean, they've got to somehow get past, like, one of Charlotte, Toronto, Boston, or Atlanta to even get into the playing tournament while fending off, like, the Knicks, who are, like, a half game behind them. So what are you trying to do? Like, what's what's the goal? Oh, we could pay Brad Beal. He's supermax. That'd be awesome. Then we can keep him. And achieve what, exactly? You've got a number two banana sitting there being paid an absolute fucking fortune hamstringing your, like, actual attempts to really sort of rebuild, do anything. Maybe Denny Avdija works out to be something else. Maybe Corey Kispert sort of pops off. Maybe you get Rui doing some cool shit. Does it happen, like, next year, the year after? I don't know. Could you maybe get something cool in return? I kind of think the Brad Bill-Ben Simmons trade is right there, and they should fucking go for it. Because I think if you put Ben Simmons on that team... The engine that stirs the drink, as it were. <laughs> Around with, like, Denny Avdija, Rui, even Bertans. Like, just some dudes who can sort of surround, like, a uh, pretty gnarly, fun, wild player like Simo, regardless of his shooting ability. 
like in transition, he's a fucking menace. That could be pretty fun. That could be crazy. So I don't know. Cash in your chips, Washington. I'm just saying. See what you can get. Because as soon as he sort of kicks up a bit of a stink a week before the trade deadline, you know that it's sort of been floated out there, right? Because you just can't see a world where Washington are suddenly actual contenders if they keep him. Because they've got like so many weird fucky con- like that Bertans contract itself is just like talk about ways to completely fuck your franchise for four years. Like holy shit. Anyway, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Um. So this is like you know just a regular fucking February day in the NBA, a week before the trade deadline. But those losses today for Philly, Cleveland, Dallas, Brooklyn, Indy. I mean. Usually you can sort of write those ones down and go, oh, it's a long season and it happens. But for it all to happen on one day is fucking weird. But I think each of those losses was kind of pretty bad for each of those teams. Like, each of those teams have lost focus at different shitty parts of these games today and shit the bed at uh, pretty different times, but at extremely bad moments, like across the board, and fallen apart. And I kind of think that's what sort of separates, like, you know, absolute proper contenders from pretenders and almost two-thirds of the way through a season like if Philly, Cleveland, Dallas, Brooklyn obviously Indy are out of the fucking running anyway but like for those teams to sort of just have those brain fart moments in a game that each of them probably should have won like Cleveland all right without Garland still muddle your way through that maybe pull it off but definitely Philly, Dallas and Brooklyn it just speaks to like wider concerns that both like all of those teams have, right? And there's some easy fixes, I think, for Philly, aka train Ben, train <laughs> trade Ben Simmons, get what you can back, build around that, fucking move on. Dallas, they just lose focus so easily and so badly. Like to lose to Orlando and then to lose today to OKC is just fucking red flag vibes. You gotta hate that. And then Brooklyn, I mean. What do you do? Do you move on from Harden or Irving? I'd say if I'm Sean Marks, I'm looking at this going, Kevin, what do you reckon? And you know that KD is going to be like, just wait till all three of us can play. Well, the thing is, the three of you can only fucking play together on the road, Kevin. So have a chat to your mate Kyrie. Tell him to get vaccinated or we're going to fuck him off. It's like, all right, cool. Because I'll tell you what, at the moment, for those teams, not great, Bob. Not great. Even though, like, so Dallas and Philly have just had some nice little runs, but it's games like this that sort of show you that there's still some fucking problems. Uh, quickly, our back takeouts. It's Thursday at our back, and that means two for one blooming onions. That's right, no prick in Australia knows what the fuck these things are. But I guess uh, we'll fang them off for you yanks and just charge you a fortune for a fucking onion, you idiots. That's right, it's a deep-fried onion. 14 bucks for two for one only at Outback. And today's Flame Grill take is Brad Beal's not even fucking injured. They're just using this last week or so before the trade deadline to showcase Spencer Dinwiddie. And then trade his fucking really hated ass somewhere else. <laughs> only at Outback. I basically believe that. Brad Beal's like, yeah, my wrist is a bit sore. It's a bit sore. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah. Just play Spencer 40 minutes a night so we can move him. Yeah. All right. Australian Player Watch right after this. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right. Australian Player Watch. What do NBA All-Star Chris Paul, Nascamander, Scott Kelly, and Redico found Alexis Ohanian have in common? They've all got incredible experiences and they've all created audio courses to teach you what they've learned in those incredible, incredible careers of theirs. They're on Noble, which is a rad new app where like a bunch of really smart folks teach you really smart stuff. It's awesome. They're short like a podcast. Not like this one today. It's a long one. How did this happen? Uh, it's like Spotify for learning stuff, you know? It's great though. The bloke from NASA teaches about space. Tell you what, the expanse was awesome. What a series. Anyway, uh, Chris Paul talks about the performance benefits of a plant-based lifestyle. And Redico founder Alexis O'Hanian teaches you how to launch a startup. And there's over 100 other experts waiting to teach you something new. So if you're keen on learning some new stuff today, download the Noble app. 
Uh, banging the code Stray, I get 20% off and get smarter today. Absolutely love it. I fucking... The squid still hates it. I'm like, I try to convince him, look, no, buddy, you're going to get smarter if you <laughs> listen to this. He's like, Dad, this isn't Thomas and Friends story time. Fuck off. I'm like, all right. Fair play, fair play. Uh, right, Australian Player Watch, Paddy Thrills, Paddy Mills. As I mentioned, started off pretty bloody good and uh, also set a new rock record. Uh, so when he hit the first three-pointer today, it was his 162nd of the season. It's a uh, record already for most in his career, so in a season. Uh, ends up with 14 points against the Kings, 4 of 8 from downtown in the end. So 5 of 12 from the floor, 2 rebounds, 3 assists and 3 steals. Played pretty well. Yeah, Aussie Matty T in that loss to Washington. Three, but you kind of feel sad for Patty sometimes as well. Like Harden and Kyrie just like dribble, 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 dribble. And then Patty's like, ah, oh, fuck it. Okay, whatever. Anyway, uh, Aussie Matty T, three points. He hit one of two from downtown, one of three from the floor, one rebound and two blocks. Love Matty T blocking stuff. And then we had Greeny and Giddy going up against each other. Love this. Greeny had five points, came on two of six shooting. He went over one from the floor. Uh, over one from three, sorry. Uh, one and two from the free throw line. Two rebounds, though. He had four assists and a block. Unreal. He's crushing it. And then Giddy, as I mentioned, he had the 14 point, seven rebound, 10 assist game with two steals. And uh, that was pretty good. He shot seven of 13, 0 of three from downtown. He had six turnovers, but hey, what do we say? You get that on the big jobs. All right. That's all the Aussies. What do we do on Thursdays? Ah, just a bit of Kiwi Corner Brew. And I think we'll do a Diary of Stephen Adams tomorrow as well, so uh, just keep an eye out for that one. Nothing at the end of today's show. We might do a Cooking with Bainesy, and then we'll do a Diary of Stephen Adams tomorrow. How's that sound? Uh, But Stephen Adams, the last week, he's had a pretty good run. Uh, So he went. So since we last checked in, he had 2.7 rebounds, 3 assists against Utah. Shot one of four. He had 10 points, 15 rebounds, and four assists, three blocks against Washington. Huge. That was on Sunday. It was massive. Then seven points, 12 rebounds, two assists, three blocks, and two steals against Philly. Back on Tuesday. Bloody good. And then today, against the Knickerbockers, he had two points, 13 rebounds, four assists, and absolutely bloody crushed it. You love to see it. On you, Steve. Just out there with his uh, big Kiwi bouncer strength. All right. What about the Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in? This was, I believe, uh, just some uh, Nick K. Bit of a Nick K post on the old IG story about the uh, Boomer. Yeah, that's right, the Boomer lineup. So he just tweeted that out. The Feeble Basketball World Cup Asian qualifiers. A couple of uh, things about... Nick K. And I'm like, yeah, hook that to my veins. That's my best mate out there. So happy fucking days. And Josh Giddy, I enjoyed a couple of his posts. Um, so he tweeted out the Rookie of the Month, obviously. And uh, also gave uh, Trey Mann a couple, of, uh, a couple of shots across the bow during his press conference after the game, having a career high. Enjoyed that. And uh, Giddy was just very funny about it, though. So I uh, gave it the old eyeballs as well. Uh, to Rosillo's post about the giddy inbounds. Uh, and then the only 29, pfft, yawn emoji at Trey Man. So didn't have a 30 ball, yelled at at Trey Man uh, as he was walking out of the game. Pretty funny. Josh Giddy going to town on his teammates. Just a bit of the, uh, there we go. Is that our Joe Ingles a replacement as the uh, Aussie larrikin? Play it up, kids. Play it up, mate. Love to see it. Right, game previews for tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. All right, let's do it. Uh, six of nine today. Nice, as I mentioned. Uh, missed all three of the early games, then hit every single one after that, actually. So we hit uh, Memphis beating New York. Houston, once we found out there was no Garland. Uh, picked OKC over Dallas. That was all right. Utah to hold on to cover against Denver. The Kings over the Nets. And the uh, Lakers over Portland. So... All right, not bloody bad. Uh, so that leaves us for the year, 439 of 764. That is bloody good. Uh, tomorrow we have, I believe, six games. Uh, five? Yeah, yeah, six games. Minnesota at Detroit. The Wolves are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Look, you can never trust the Wolves, but Detroit are a bit of a rabble. 
and they sort of have the horses, I think, to sort of throw at Detroit defensively. So I'll take the Wolves minus six and a half. I won't feel good about it. I'm not going to put money on that bit. I think Minnesota could do that one. Phoenix Atlanta is an absolute ball tear up. Uh, I'm going to take the Suns. Atlanta just sort of suck at home. Uh, the Suns are like riding an 11-game win streak. I'll take the Suns minus five and a half. I think they can take care of the Hawks. Chicago, they go to Toronto. This is an absolute belter of a game as well. The Toronto have been playing really well the last few uh, what few weeks, month. Jeez. Can Gary Trent Jr. keep it up? Chicago are three and a half point underdogs in Toronto. This is a great matchup. And I'm really struggling to pick it. I might go the underdog in this one. I might go Chicago plus three and a half. I'm fascinated to see how they slow down each of Vooch, Levine, and DeMar. And you know that DeMar against his old team is going to go fucking hammering songs. So I think that might just get him over the top. But Toronto, they do have the uh, bodies. They've got Siakam. They've got OG. They've got Fred Van Vliet. They've got Scotty B. They've got Precious. Hmm. That's going to be a great game. I'll take the bulls out. Uh, Miami, they go to San Antonio. So Miami, pretty scrabbly of late. Spurs, ugh, they shit the bed in just epic fashion the other day against Warriors. I'm going to take the Heat, minus four and a half. I don't like this one either because I know that San Antonio do play team stuff, but then they shit the bed like they did against Golden State. Miami might just hit their shots like they didn't the other day. They've lost three in a row. Will that be four? I don't think so. Give me the Heat, minus four and a half. Sacramento, on a back-to-back, they go to Golden State just down the road there from Sacktown. Uh, the Warriors are 13 and a half point favorites against the Kings. Ah, <laughs> oh, do the Kings go on a win streak? No, give me the Warriors. I think they're going to kick the fuck out of them. Steph comes back, lights them up. 13 and a half. I'll take Golden State. And then we've got an all-LA affair. Lakers at Clippers. So they don't go anywhere. At the Crypt, Crypto.com Arena. The Clippers are two and a half point favorites against the Lakers. LeBron, look, there's still a problem with his uh, knee. Still a bit of swelling. Uh, he was ruled out for today. I don't think he comes back then tomorrow. AD, Rusty, I think the Clippers can win this. Give me the Clippers minus two and a half, and that'll be funny as hell. Uh, We will have the All-Stars announced tomorrow. Just as a reminder, I gave out my uh, All-Star benches the other day Uh, for the East. I've got Levine, Van Vliet, Garland, Jared Allen, Butts, Tatum, Lamello, and Harden. Uh, Middleton comes in for KD. Uh, Jalen Brown will be up after that. And in the West, I'd have uh, Luca, Donnie Mitchell, Devin Booker, Cat, Gobert, Triple J, and DeJunte. So we'll see how that matches up. And I'll uh, yeah, have all that for you tomorrow. Because that's what we'll do. We're back tomorrow. We're always daily, mate. Daily. Uh, so make sure you're uh, following the old NBA story on Twitter, Face IG. Check it, NFL Stray with myself and Gaz. Really fun episode this week. Uh, go subscribe to that. Adam with World Wrestling Strayer over on YouTube. Adam smashes it. So go... Go give that a look and check him out on Twitter, FWCIE. Get around NBAstraight.com slash shop. Get your merch, get your merch. Check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Come on, I don't ask for much. Manscaped.com. Use the code Straya. Get 20% off and free shipping. TheDailyLiquor.com. Use that code Straya. Get a free six-pack on your mate Jimmy. If you're in Melbourne, be over 18. Drink responsibly. Knowable. Download the Knowable app. Bang in the code Australia. Get 20% off. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out the new band House Hats. And also, big thanks always go to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, whatever. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, and so should you. And we'll close out today's show with a uh, rerun of a cooking with Bainsy, I reckon. Yeah, because we'll do a diary of Stephen Adams for you tomorrow. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would ya? And later, Hosanna. Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for everyone's favorite Aussie cooking show. It is Cooking 
with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Bangs. Oh, <laughs> all right, all right. Settle down, you lot. Come on, come on. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, g'day, g'day. Oh, welcome to Cooking with Bainsey. I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Bains, eh? So, look, all right, settle down over there. <laughs> oh, look at you on your Margaret. All right, so in this here episode of Cooking with Bainsey, we're going to fang up one of my absolute favourite Australian dishes, one that's absolutely perfect for a night in or if you're having mates over. It is that absolute Aussie staple, bloody shrimp pad thai. That's right, pad thai is probably top five Aussie dishes all time, mate. I, I cook them at least twice a week. It's full of all the good stuff you need to keep up a physique like this one. <laughs> there we go. Lots of protein and noodles and everything. It's bloody perfect. So all you need to do, it's bloody simple, mate. You go down to your soupy, you grab some pad thai noodles, some veggie oil, a thing of garlic, a couple of eggs, a bit of soy sauce, a lime, some brown sugar, a thing of fish sauce, a red chili, a bunch of spring onions, a bunch of coriander or cilantro, as these yanks call it over here, and like a handful of unsalted peanuts. Right, and then you go over to your fishmonger as well, as well, Vasily is my bloke, and get a big bag of prawns and get in the shell them for you. You don't need the shells, mate. Come on, get rid of them. All right, so get all that and let's get started. All right, so you cook your noodles in a pot of boiling water for about 10 minutes. Then you drain them and chuck them over there. Then you bang two teaspoons of the veggie oil in your pan. Now you slice up and cook a clove of the garlic in, a, in there. Chuck that in there. There you go for a couple of minutes. And on the side, whisk up two eggs. There you go. Whisk them up all nice and smooth. Yeah, there you go. Now bang them in there. Just chuck them in that. Oh, look at that go. And when they're cooked, put them aside as well. And then in a bowl, you mix up your one and a half teaspoons of soy sauce your two tablespoons of lime juice, your two tablespoons of sugar, a teaspoon of your fish sauce, and about half of your red chili. All chopped up. Look at that. Nice. Chuck that all in there together and mix that all up in your bowl. Now, cook your prawns. Just chuck them on there. You can probably cook them on your barbie if you want, but just put them in a pan. Doesn't matter. Now, while you're doing that, grab a tin while they cook. Don't be a Nancy. And just wait until they're done. Oh, look at them cook. Oh, that is a beaut, isn't it? So once they're all done and cooked, pour all that sauce into your skillet with the scrambled egg bit, then chuck your noodles in and toss it around just to coat everything up. Sprinkle your spring onions that's all chopped up and your coriander and your peanuts. Just chuck them on top, toss it around a bit, and bam, you're done. Unbloody believable. Chuck a lime wedge on top of that, a bit of a cilantro or coriander along the top, and Bob is your bloody uncle, mate. Voila. Bam, you're done. An absolute bloody pearler of a pad thai. And look, you can fucking chuck chicken and shit in there as well if you want, but I go with the traditional Aussie recipe of prawns. And all right, how easy was that? That is an absolute beautiful looking batch of pad thai that your missus and the family will love. Now I reckon I'm going to go get stuck into these, eh? And uh, you know what? That's it for this week. Tune in next week for a new recipe, and we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with... Bainsy!